conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDESGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDESGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. girls. I feel like I have some like nighttime style vocals happening right now and I am here for it and I'm here for a different kind of episode today because I feel like there have been just a couple things happening in the housewives universe that have me feeling a little off or a little 
strange, shall we say, (laughs) just some confusing elements. And so I figured, let's talk about it. Number one, the Howie Mandel interview. Number two, this Miraval Mishigas that went down on social with Tom Sandoval, who else? And questions about Raquel and a video that I saw today featuring Louie, a little bit of a throwback that for me inspires many, many questions. Um, But first off, let's talk about that Howie Mandel interview. Now, I know on the most recent AG with OG of the AG, Damian Bellino, we talked about it a little bit. But my journey with the Howie interview (laughs) was, let's say, creative um, because I couldn't watch the beginning of it live. So I joined at whatever time I did and just felt like I was in it was like an out of body experience to watch the shit show that was that conversation and that, I guess, episode in real time. And then I tried to go back and watch it from the beginning. And that didn't work out. And I tried again. And I said, let's do that one more time. And I couldn't do it. I literally tried multiple times to sit through it in one sitting and watch it from beginning to end. And for some reason, I think I was just so furious and so annoyed, not only at Tom's narrative, but just the very structure and seeming goal of the interview itself um, that I just was honestly too mad to just uh, pretend to pay attention. So I watched it in just like bits and pieces to get through all of it, but out of order, essentially. It started with like the middle to end, then I went back to the beginning. And then it was like, beginning, pause, beginning, pause, beginning, do other things, go back to the beginning again (laughs) and make it work. And I finally, on the heels of some of Sandoval's social media today, recording this Monday night, as I do on occasion, um, I just decided to myself, you know what, you're going to sit down and watch that again and just process it. Because for so many of us, who have been wrapped up in all things Scandival, there has obviously been a voice missing. Although to a certain extent, I feel like some of Raquel's responses have been in some way a little bit of a proxy for Tom, who took another approach in having someone else sort of be his representative in Tom Schwartz on Watch What Happens to a less than entirely successful result. And with some of Raquel's responses in the conversation around Raquel, because these two people are seemingly deeply connected to each other in how people are reacting to the scandal and also in trying to understand just their individual and mutual instincts, let alone behaviors and betrayal, um, I think Tom has still been able to have a voice. Obviously, he also had that very odd TMZ interview, much like with 
Raquel and Schwartz. It's very fascinating the ways that the paparazzi seem to have just come onto each of them entirely alone at moments in which all three are happy to talk, which is something. That is certainly something. Um, But anyway, so I watched that Howie interview and I sat through it tonight. I watched it in full and I was reading a little bit of other people's reactions. Um, And there was something that really kind of stuck out to me, which was an interview that Howie himself gave to Extra after the interview went out and became viral for seemingly all the worst reasons. But I apparently, I guess, many of the best because I think there's like 800,000 views on the um, full YouTube right now. So it's doing pretty great for Howie's channel. Um, But one of the main reactions a lot of people had, myself included, certainly Andy took to Radio Andy and, you know, dragged Howie uh, for not having any idea of what the story was while seemingly having a very specific, certain critique for why people are so upset. And in a response to, I think, that very critique of why didn't you prepare, Howie told Extra, I don't need to do homework. I know who he, meaning Tom, is. I wasn't going to weaponize his information and kind of, you know, challenge him on each thing. And I found that so interesting because I feel like the thread for even some information coming out today in the last couple days has been all about the idea of the weaponization of a narrative with truth and the idea that some people, either participants, um, maybe bad actors, when you think about the ways that some people are responding, But there does seem to be a little bit of a strategy here that's either thought of or just a result of thinking that challenging someone with the truth is a way to weaponize their experience and can be only seen as bad, which is a wild kind of take, but one that I don't think is entirely dissimilar from the idea of like, quote unquote, fake news. The idea that if there is something being said that I disagree with, I'm just not going to hear it and maybe it shouldn't exist. So as a result, I'm going to ensure that there are opportunities for someone to say whatever they want unchallenged or for others put out statements, file actions of what it is that they are trying to communicate that may or may not be based in truth and create a landscape where even discussing this becomes so sensitive that it is in fact potentially thought of as weaponized because if someone is challenging what you're saying happened if someone has a counter to maybe the reality of a situation I think some of these people would be very upset and I think Tom Sandoval is the greatest example of that 
the fact that Howie is participating in this dynamic of expressing (laughs) that the idea of asking questions is weaponizing his narrative. I mean, I feel like that gets into the very heart of the matter. And it was interesting because Howie Mandel, when I started to think about it, I don't know a lot about him, but I do know that he has been very open in the past about talking about mental health. And that was something that he talked about frequently throughout um, his conversation with Tom when he was talking about how he was talking about how like his soapbox is mental health. People don't talk about it. And he wants to normalize and provide an environment in which someone can feel safe and comfortable and discussing their own. But what was so interesting to me in the conversation that we watched in that interview was I felt like that wasn't really what Sandoval was discussing. It felt like what Sandoval was discussing was his perception of Ariana's mental health and how that played into his decision to have an affair. It felt like what Tom was saying was she was sad a lot. She, you know, uh, kept to her room, isolated herself. And a part of his interest in breaking free, I guess, from that was to cheat on her with her very good friend. And it just was such an odd thing because for a show that seemingly included, you know, what we would think about as regardless of how you feel about Tom, an environment in which mental health, which is a very, very tricky, sensitive topic to discuss without triggering other people, minimizing how someone is feeling and acknowledging the fact that many things can be true at once. It is entirely possible that a person, including especially Sandoval, could be able to have a conversation centered on potentially his mental health. It's hard, though, to do that when he's not being forthcoming about why he is feeling so upset. Because since Howie had no information about what the Scandoval had, uh, what the Scandoval was actually about, which was an affair, it felt like for the majority of the interview, he was under the impression that what Tom and Raquel had done was kiss. He didn't understand that it was a full-fledged affair. So when he's hearing Tom talking about his upset, he's thinking, well, all of this is happening. The audience is so mad because of a kiss. Like, that doesn't make sense. And it sounds like Tom and Ariana had been, you know, well broken up because Sandoval kept saying that multiple times while also saying, but but I didn't. Like he said, I broke up with her on Valentine's Day. I did all of these things and then would backtrack when pressed by Howie's daughter, his co-host, who is a VPR viewer. And you could tell definitely wanted to ask very specific questions and was unfortunately shot down a few times when she tried. Because it didn't align with, I think, what Howie thought he was doing, which I think in Howie's mind was positive, the ability for another person to share their perspective who hadn't been heard from by choice, but also I'm sure 
because there was an understanding that people wouldn't listen. And so I think Howie thought, let this man talk for however long and believe him. But a part of that belief, which became, I think, really complicated and frustrating for people, at least for me, was with the understanding that all of the empathy that Tom seemed to be driving all seemed to have to happen at the cost of who Ariana is. It felt like Tom was completely unwilling to discuss what he thought of as anyone's potential flawed character that really what Tom was doing with the affair was just a response to how Ariana made him feel and not about Tom fucking up and fucking one of her best friends and then dealing with the aftermath of that. Like if you are going to, in Howie's words, and I know you guys, some of you hate when I use the word weaponize, but listen, Howie said it and I'm just following his lead. But when you weaponize the idea of accountability, when you weaponize the idea of one person's or one group's anger or disgust as incomprehensible, it creates an environment in which it is, in fact, us and them. And in Howie's mind, certainly in Tom's, all he's doing is sharing the ways that seemingly his girlfriend let him down. And for a conversation that you would think would be about his regret, it felt like Tom's only regret was that this couldn't have been a cleaner break, but he didn't seem interested or, I guess, available to understand why that wasn't possible because he was cheating on her. And the entire setup of his examination of their relationship, a relationship that was nearly a decade long, was all about the idea of their brand. Like this is a man who was scoffing at the reaction and incredulous about the reaction of, you know, the audience of VPR fans and viewers incredibly upset to find out that Tom had been cheating on Ariana. He seemed annoyed, upset, frustrated by that. And while obviously it was, I think, shocking to many of us that this became national news, it felt like a lot of the shock and frustration and disdain that I was watching in that interview was about viewers themselves being upset. People who had invested over a decade into watching these people's lives shift and change and in some a small number, but in some cases grow. And Tom seemed to be like, but this is my real life, which I get it. It really is. And yet he's the one who constantly referenced his relationship with Ariana throughout the interview as a brand. He literally said at one point, we were a brand. There are there were so many perks. This wasn't a man who was able to even humanize his partner of nearly a decade. And maybe one could think the reason he didn't want to do that was because ultimately it wouldn't play in his favor. But it was 
you guys, it was really, <laughs> spoiler alert, it was real tough. I really wanted to give it a minute. And in watching it in full, like genuinely in one setting in full, I found myself like very calm. And obviously a part of that is not being in shock about something you hadn't heard happened or is becoming a, this terrible, chaotic mess in real time. But it was just so wild to hear him repeatedly attempt to equalize Ariana's history, which she's discussed on Vanderpump Rules, with depression and essentially say, well, we were both dealing with this. I just had a different way of dealing with it at the same level that involved going out, but she just wanted to stay in. It felt like the ways that he was looking down at her behavior and her reactions, also noting, P.S., that COVID was happening too. A lot of people were dealing with serious um triggering reactions to the pandemic that could trigger a previous or ongoing history with mental health struggles. And yet none of that was referenced. And maybe it's because he wasn't thinking about the connection. Maybe it's because that felt like it was too much in the past. But I didn't really have an idea of when Tom was saying, for example, you know, Ariana was sad, what any context text of that was. It was only about, not actually about how Ariana was feeling, but about the, about the fact that because Tom felt rejected by a change maybe in her lifestyle or in her behavior, that was absolutely an opportune excuse for him to seek affection in other ways. It always came back to, well, Ariana said these things that were upsetting. So my reaction was not necessarily to support her. My reaction was to seek affection somewhere else so that I would feel needed and worthy and desired. It wasn't even about worthiness. It seemed to be in many ways about desire. And I don't know if Tom was thinking, I desire a different life than this, but he did reference like turning 40 and having, you know, his version of a midlife crisis. Um, or what he wants us to believe is a midlife crisis. And yet so much of that crisis seemed to stem from, in his mind and in his view, Ariana, I don't know, like not being fun? Ariana going through something? For someone who also was trying to equalize any mental health challenges that either of them were going through as the same, the only difference being in how they were expressed, for him to then lean into not considering her feelings or the impact of what an affair with one of her good friends would do to her mental health was certainly something. I mean, he said, I needed to make a change. I need to feel motivated and alive again. And all she did was essentially stay in. But then moments later, he would say she tried to set up vacations and you know, she was doing all of these things and he didn't want that. But it's like you just said a moment ago, she isolated herself. She stayed in bed. And now we're saying you need to make a change. You need to feel motivated. You need to feel alive. And Ariana is trying to make changes 
that would potentially inspire you to feel more motivated and feel more alive. And it felt like his like processing of that, of the ways that Ariana truly was trying to support him. I didn't get the sense that he was trying to do the same in any way for her. And I don't know how much of his interest in discussing the specifics of her behavior versus him leaving out a lot of gaps in the timeline of all of this or even genuinely in how he was feeling. I mean, he was so specific about instances that one would wonder could potentially make Ariana look bad in Tom's eyes, at least. And yet he really, truly wasn't interested in doing that in almost any way about himself while also saying to Howie, oh, you have the right to, you know, you can say whatever you want about me and whatever. And I'm guessing he said that because he knew Howie wouldn't. But it was it was tough. I wonder what audience this conversation was meant for, because for so many of us who God forbid, know who Sheena is, know who Katie is, know who Kristen is, know who Lala is. Howie was making jokes, or maybe not, about the fact that he literally hadn't heard any of those names before. But which audience, if the audience in mind was VPR viewers, then why wasn't Howie's daughter leading this interview? Wouldn't that have been more successful to have somebody... His, I don't know if she, I think she's like an ongoing co-host on his show to have somebody who was aware of the situation or was that the worst possible option for Tom and I guess Howie as well to have somebody in there potentially providing him an opportunity to, you know, step in shit, but also be challenged and see what his response to that would be. It felt like it was almost a mandate that this would be an unfiltered hour of Sandoval's excuses and with a very real cost to how he was excusing and absolving himself of the affair. Um, He also said that Schwartz at one point, he kept saying that Schwartz was being crucified like on the um, Sheena wedding apps and, uh, you know, that the cast, especially Katie, obviously was attacking Schwartz and that they were crucifying him for flirting, kissing, whatever, you know, um, talking to Raquel. And I felt like that was something, a moment that stood out because his thinking about um, Schwartz being crucified without any acknowledgement of boundaries was interesting to me because what we're talking about here with this affair, which featured one of Ariana's very good friends, is such a crossing of boundaries, both for, you know, Raquel to make that choice, but also obviously for Tom, who is the one in the romantic relationship with Ariana. So for him to seemingly either be completely unaware of um, Katie's interest in setting boundaries and to just say this man is being crucified for his for the decisions he's making while absolutely in no way acknowledging that there was someone who was hurt by those decisions, someone that Schwartz was married to 
like pretending that her opinion didn't matter and she didn't have the right to say it. It wasn't as easy as saying like, you just don't have the right to date anyone ever in your life, ever and ever, amen. But it felt like that was kind of the narrative that Schwartz and Sandoval were interested in presenting on Watch What Happens in this Howie Mandel interview and obviously on the show. And it's like, okay, so either you do not understand what boundaries are or you do and just pretend they've never existed or you're just so used to disrespecting your romantic partner that you're just going to keep it moving regardless, which it's like the, the more that the season goes on, the more I see a connection between Schwartz and Sandoval in ways that make neither of them look very good, but in ways that make me feel a little bit of a sense of like, and I know this is going to sound weird, but like an appreciation for their friendship, because now it's making sense to me why they're so close. (laughs) Now I'm like, okay, now I get why you are attracted to each other as friends because of both of your longstanding instances of toxic behavior. So of course you're going to support each other because a part of supporting each other's bullshit is supporting your own. If you can normalize someone else's poor behavior with an aw shucks attitude or, a, you know, he's the victim of a mean ex-wife, then that's going to help you too, babe. Like that's, that. did I say babe? That's going to help you too. Like that's, that is, it is um, a transactional close friendship. And while I believe these, the Toms like love each other, I believe that. Um, they've been very, very good friends for a very long time. It is also interesting to see the way that this season has been a reveal, not just of Sandoval. Like, yeah, we're seeing an awful lot of little Easter eggs pop up, especially now with the timing of when they allegedly, you know, slept together allegedly for the first time, which was over, again, allegedly for the 15th time, over um, Sheena's wedding weekend. But it's also revealing like the cost of their bullshit the ways that some of us at least myself would just kind of like eye roll at some of this and then to see that there was in fact a really really big cost to their toxicity was a little bit more of an eye-opener at least for myself Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luan? <laughs> and while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, That's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options. 
and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off, a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorenda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, 
just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Way's other bestsellers. They're leaving conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T H E. O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Um, it felt like during this, you know, Sandoval felt or, or Sandoval believed that uh, no one should be profiting from um, this Scandoval, even though I think, I, I don't know, he's introduced himself at concerts as essentially Scandoval. And who knows how much of that is like a little bit of a wink and who knows how much of that is just processing, standing up in public in front of people who I'm sure he is aware, or maybe not, are not entirely there to support his artistic endeavor, more to see the spectacle or potentially jeer. And he seems to be really, really upset about the fact that Lala, Katie, Sheena, Kristen are, in his words, profiting off the scandal. And some of that, in Tom's mind, seems to be uh, a sense of feeling incredulous about any anger or frustration that Ariana and really their mutual, rest in peace, mutual then mutual friends would feel about the affair and at one point he said something along the lines of like the breakup and the affair should be split you should not connect these two to each other the thing that ariana is most upset about the most painful part of this for ariana in tom's mind is the end of the relationship that it's not the affair that she's really upset about it's the breakup of Ariana and Tom and to center yourself while separating your worst behavior and center the idea of some of your best that Ariana in this moment finding out that one of her very good friends was engaged in a seven month long affair with the man she thought she was going to be spending the rest of her life with And in thinking, she's not really upset about the affair. She's upset she's no longer with me. Was a little bit of an eye opener. And it was one of those moments where I was like, oh my God, I actually am really happy that I'm watching this again. And that I'm a little more calm. Because it is actually nuanced in having Tom providing the opportunity for Tom to drag himself. Because when he, it's the exact opposite of, I think, what Howie intended for this to be. And certainly different from how I felt when I first attempted to watch this 14,000 times. But in actually sitting down and watching it tonight and like really watching and listening to Tom, I was like, you know what? I might be getting some answers here that I might not get at the reunion. The way that he's communicating without really being interrupted at points, the way that he is monologuing, as I am during this episode, welcome, bienvenue, hello. But the way that he is being allowed the space to truly genuinely drag himself is, in fact, sort of something. It's not the end result that I think Howie thought it was, 
the idea of like, listen, I know Schwartz said I watch what happens. You should get a hug. And he's right. You should. Or maybe not a hug, maybe a pat on the back. Like there was something to be said here for Tom providing a little bit of a window to himself, even though what he thought he was doing was like opening up those big curtains and opening that window as far as it possibly could into a look into his relationship with Ariana and how it really was tough for him to get through and get to the other side. Like in doing that, in ensuring that every moment in which he could have taken genuine responsibility and shared examples of why and how he fucked up every single time it came back to him saying, you know, she threatened if if I had broken up with her, which I also did, but if I had broken up with her, which I absolutely did, and all our close friends knew that we broke up, but if I had broken up with her, she said that I would quit the show and she would move away and she wouldn't open the restaurant anymore and she would essentially hurt the brand. And how dare she make that choice? She didn't have the right to make a choice that would affect me and my career. And so I shut my mouth. Except he's also saying that he um, told her that the relationship was over and they were broken up. And I thought that was like, again, one of those moments where I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, you think about yourself as a brand in this relationship and dynamic with your partner of almost a decade because you guys are on reality TV. And you were incredibly successful. And you were definitely representative. Your relationship was maybe more representative than your individual selves. I think that probably happens naturally when you're in a relationship that like the couple of it all becomes, you know, it's like, what is it? The, um, what is it like the whole is the sum of its parts? You guys know what I'm saying? But like, it's the idea almost, the archetype of the these two people and these two partners in this relationship is so overwhelming not just to viewers but maybe in your dynamic with each other you're so used to each other you've been together maybe there aren't so many surprises anymore but the idea of the way that Tom was expressing his relationship with his partner this person who he's also saying wanted to be with him forever he kept using again that phrase the brand and in thinking about how upset he was at the idea that Ariana would hurt the brand by leaving the show if he dared to break up with her, there was no recognition or realization in his head of like, babe, like, what are you doing to the brand if you're having an affair with her good friend? Of course he doesn't want to believe that Ariana would be upset by the affair. He's she would only be upset by the fact that he wouldn't be with her anymore because in his head, the brand is all about their love for each other, a.k.a. her love for him, which was, again, a fascinating window that I don't think we could have gotten but for this sort of wild environment <laughs> of Tom sharing. And in the ways that he did, which were to me incredibly problematic, it was also somewhat interesting to see his processing. Um, it was, in fact, in some ways illuminating. 
And it's like he said that his friends, did, that their friends rather, but also maybe his friends, didn't deserve to be upset, that it was really only about Tom and Ariana and Raquel not acknowledging the Schwartz impact here. Um, and was Schwartz involved in, was Schwartz aware of what was going on before? Did he participate? Did you mislead him as you obviously did, at least at the beginning of, um, you know, potentially pushing him toward getting together with Raquel, kissing Raquel, flirting with Raquel? When even Sandoval himself said that, like, Schwartz initially said, you know, he wasn't interested. And Sandoval was like, "You're that's so crazy. She's so great. But even in saying that out loud, he's not necessarily doing a great job at his own defense, which, again, was kind of like the theme of this convo. But there also was the idea of, like, you know who you find out who your friends are when shit hits the fan. It's a conversation that's happening on social media right now because Billy Lee was photographed stepping out with Sandoval, going to dinner, hanging out, whatever else, which some people on social were really upset by, including Kristen, who got into a little bit of a tussle with Billy about what does it mean to be a friend if you're no longer supporting Sandoval? Billy's perspective seemed to be, I want to support both of these people. And Tom is essentially either a victim in this too, or someone that deserves or needs my support, regardless of how he has behaved. And there was a little bit of a similar thinking in how Howie and Tom were discussing and um, criticizing some of the cast's anger and upset public and seemingly not super private as well. Sandoval expressing frustration at the fact that people weren't like reaching out to him after, I guess, even including with frustration or anger. But there was this positioning of the idea of like, well, you know who your friends are when shit hits the fan. And I just kept thinking to myself, yeah, that's true. You know who your friends are when shit hits the fan. And what kind of friend was Tom? It's only about the idea of demonizing people who are upset at him, of saying they didn't provide for me grace, they didn't enable support. And while, of course, there can also be a conversation about how absolutely overwhelming it has to be and how shocking it genuinely has to be for Tom and Raquel to go through this process when you have hundred at, at least hundreds of thousands of people, especially on social, attempting to drag you entirely through the mud when the New York Times is covering this, when CNN is covering this, when there is obviously not a lot of positive press to be found. Or you know, when there isn't a lot of nuance, because in many ways, the situation isn't nuanced. It is, in fact, an affair. It's two people having an affair, one of whom was single, the other of whom was in a romantic relationship, but both of whom were in different ways attached to Ariana. One, friends. The other, the man she thought she was going to spend the rest of her life with. Her, like, long-term love, owning property together, having dogs, seemingly supporting each other at moments of 
big highs and low lows. And so when we get into like the idea of like, wow, people aren't being nuanced, they're just upset. Well, it's because some of this really fucking sucks. Some of this is really quite bad. And you're on a show that's going to mean people are going to talk about your personal life because otherwise you wouldn't be on the show. Tom talks about Tom talked about during the interview. Is it weird that I keep saying Tom? I think I because I in my head I keep saying it's about Tom as like a joke to myself and not Sandoval. So 93% of the time when I'm saying Tom right now, I do in fact mean Sandoval. But there were moments where Tom was like, how dare Lisa ask questions? How dare production ask questions? They don't deserve that information. The only person that deserves that information is Ariana. Information that he hasn't given her, I would assume, because she was not interested until this point in listening. And Tom seemed very upset about the idea that not only would his cast members, aka also former slash current, but just really, just kidding, really mostly former friends would have an opinion about this because the whole dynamic of the show is that these people are important in each other's lives. And that sometimes that means that for better or worse, when some of the worst happens, people decide to change their minds about whether or not they want to keep you in their lives, whether or not they consider you to be a friend to them based on maybe feeling misled, based on maybe legal ramifications and threats, based on the fact that they see their friend Ariana in a lot of obvious pain. People have the right, normalize changing your mind based on new information. It feels like Lala, Kristen, Gina, Ariana, Decida, Katie, were like, yeah, we're normalizing telling you to Go fuck yourself is what is what we've decided to do. Um, and yet Tom was kind of like straddle straddling during the conversation, saying that how dare these people ask questions and and how dare they ask questions, quote unquote, on set? Like, how dare the show and producers want to know details and in, in information? It's not their business. But in Tom's own words, the business is the brand. And the brand is the relationship. And the relationship is important to these producers and to Lisa and to whomever else, the cast, because ultimately the bigger brand is the show. It's the thing that Tom still wants to be on when he's talking about the increased ratings and the intention. And of course, essentially, I'm going to return. It's because the brand is not ultimately really Tom, the brand is Vanderpump Rules. And on that note, I mean, what more could be said? I could talk about Howie Mandel and that goddamn, because I just, I don't know. There was something about it where instead of me just literally losing my mind and feeling berserk, I just really, I really genuinely watched and I was like, okay, there's something here. There's something here that I'm genuinely interested in that doesn't feel just like a one-off Tom's full of shit and that's all that this was it felt like certainly that can still be the headline but it felt like there was more and then Tom takes to social media today to drag Miraval this place that's been in the VPR conversation 
<sighs> because allegedly Raquel is maybe there as well. So we'll start with that. So I don't think that this even came up um, during the most recent AG with OG of the AG, Damian Bellino, but there was a headline that came out a couple days ago, um, put up, published by Us Magazine, Us Weekly, Us Weekly Magazine, Us, uh, saying, headline, Raquel Levis checks herself into mental health treatment facility amid Tom Sandoval cheating allegations, a cheating scandal, and a rep for Raquel confirmed to us, oh, Us Weekly, just kidding, Us Weekly magazine, et cetera, um, we, uh, to, <laughs> on Friday, April 14th, that Levis was in rehab, but not seeking help for substance abuse issues, quote, Raquel and her family decided before the relationship was discovered that she would enter a voluntary facility for mental health counseling. Raquel had planned to admit herself before the reunion was taped on March 23rd. She was scheduled to go in pre-reunion, but decided she wanted to film to finish her filming commitment. Bravo and production were aware and in support of her journey toward better mental health. So at some point, word on the street after this um, statement came out was that Raquel while Raquel was potentially dealing with who knows what, I mean, again, this is, we cannot discount, I cannot imagine the kinds of um, upset one could be feeling and the pressure of all of this genuinely. Like, I, I genuinely do not know how I would process that. I absolutely think there could be a conversation on the toxicity of, um, social media, the ways that she was, has been called a slut and a whore, um, which has been a topic of conversation when discussing this through the lens of misogyny, the way I'm sure she's received threats, like without discounting any of that um, and acknowledging the fact that who knows what Raquel is experiencing right now and the support that she is finding. Uh, I was confused at the language her representatives um, used for this, as I was confused with the language that Raquel used in filing for the TRL and in the language her team used following that announcement, I continue to be confused with her team putting out these press statements using very, very pointed, specific language. I would assume knowing that ultimately some of this information is going to come out um, because sh at some point shortly after the statement was um, posted by us who got the exclusive on it, um, inside Bar PS, when a publicist or comms team is sending a statement to us that's, you know, published as an exclusive, whether it's to us or people, um, Daily Mail, it's not a, a financial transaction. Um, Raquel isn't paid for a statement to be published. It's truly just her press team or whomever it is on her team saying, you know, this is embargoed until X time or I have a statement and it's essentially yours. Um, so there isn't, I know there's conversation around like she's sold, whatever. And I think a part of that is genuinely because people are either aren't aware um, which is entirely understandable, or some of us maybe are still thinking of the like, 
she sold stories to radar online stuff and the idea of selling um, versus providing information. Um, there's not always a financial cost and there's absolutely a transaction, even though there's absolutely a transaction taking place. Anyway, at some point after this statement uh, went up, uh, word on the street was that Raquel was in fact not necessarily at a mental health treatment facility um, or using the word rehab. A voluntary facility is a very, very specific phrase, but potentially at Miraval Resorts, which according to Miraval's website, I mean, the, the, I thought it was called Miraval, but it's actually literally Miraval Resor Resorts, who say our luxurious wellness destinations are designed to help you create a life in balance through mindfulness. Three full-scale resorts and spas located in Texas, Arizona, and Massachusetts. First off, Massachusetts, sign me up. Um, you will know Miraval because it's the place where Shannon got accidentally hit in the head or not really accidentally purposefully hit in the head by Kelly Dodd during that little spa retreat. You'll remember, I believe it's also the same place where there was equine therapy on Jersey, um, where the Manzos, Judy Chase, Gorgas, Wakili's went on a little bit of a healing vacation. And it's a place where you could potentially, you know, wellness, um, while sometimes a punchline for people is also absolutely an opportunity to work on many areas of one's life, including uh, mental health, including um, seeking some sort of support um, for or a break, a, a break from your phones, the world whatever else you're at a place where you feel taken care of and maybe you feel safe and it's extremely expensive but it is um you know it's a little it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a goop hq um for those who keep up with Gwyneth and uh so it's it's possible to say you know there absolutely could be valid and understandable reasons why Raquel would um, want to stay at a resort, but um, I think also just it's unfortunate if um, it is in fact true that she has been at Miraval through the entirety of the time in which her press team decided to share that she would be entering a facility. You know, like language is very, very specific here. And Yet there's enough of a gray area on voluntary facility um, that makes a person feel like something is happening here that maybe it is not, just even in the kind of location that she is going to. But Miraval came up today because Tom, and who knows, and genuinely, and who knows what information will come out there. Um, but Tom Sandoval got himself into a little bit of a, a tizzy in talking, I guess, directly to Miraval on social today after they put up a post with a picture of a bar and the caption, you know that it's our time. These are the best days of our life with a cocktail emoji. Obviously referencing Vanderpump Rules, one of many businesses and corporations to do so. Um, that's, you know, I'm sure like Eminem's Twitter handle has also got involved. Uh, luggage companies after Raquel was, you know, posted with one 
uh, suitcase, the company sent, you know, Ariana a full set. Um, there are a lot of businesses uh, discussing the scandal on social because it's something that a lot of people are talking about. Um, but obviously, according to Sandoval's response, the reason that he was so upset about Miraval posting about this was because he was intending to stay at Miraval. Tom posted on Instagram stories. This I think was like his first post to IG since um, since the Scandaval, since his first couple rounds at apologizing uh, with his notes app. Um, so this was his first, his newest update, I guess, since the Scandaval came out. He said and tagged Miraval, I'm beyond disappointed in Miraval Resorts, Miraval, Arizona, and their decision to post to their Instagram account this past weekend, alluding to me staying there this week. They claim to be a refuge for wellness and betterment, but that is obviously false. They'd rather feed into the negativity and spectacle that has engulfed my life in a continuous effort to be healthy and work on myself. I planned a trip to go there completely alone to try and find some peace. Miraval clearly isn't the place for that. Special shout out to the general manager who refuses to take any responsibility for the actions of his team, even though he considered the post, quote, in poor taste, end quote. Regardless of where you stand in all of this, we all deserve the chance to work and to be better. Well, I, the, a couple things here pop out at me, especially the... Um, planning a trip to go there completely alone if at some point you know um Raquel potentially discusses whatever she has been going through in, in the last couple of days and whatever location she um checked into whatever voluntary facility that is i would think this would be potentially complicated if the same facility is in fact a Miraval resort one that Tom is now telling us he was uh, planning to go to. Um, the Miraval has since deleted that post um, directly referencing VPR. And I, a part of me wonders, like, listen, we're not talking about HIPAA. This is a, a wellness resort. Um, but I do think it would be slightly odd of Miraval to post information about VPR talent staying there in light of the scandal directly because of the scandal if people had just booked trips and there had been no conversation and they were just you know a private individual um planning to attend because a lot of celebrities go to Miraval. Miraval is a place where a lot of people have gone to detach, disassociate, reconnect with themselves, with loved ones, with whomever. So it would be odd to me if this is like a precedent that's either being reset or repositioned of like so and so was involved in a crazy PR crisis, so I'm going to reference either the crisis itself knowing that they're planning to stay there or posting because I know they're planning to stay there. Um, which also made me think, Tom, is the reason that you're going there because they invited you to, as a lot of businesses would, regardless of how you feel about Tom, having some sort of position in all of this? I know as odd as that may sound, could be, in fact, be good for business. It, it plays into the idea of like, um, there's no such thing as bad press, which 
LOL, hashtag Scandoval. I would think that Tom and Raquel would have some thoughts on that. But um, but the idea of like, yeah, uh, a lot of companies will slide into the DMs of someone. It's not, it, it, this is, it, it is a affair to remember, but the um, potential backlash to, to uh, Tom, for example, being seen or spotted at Miraval is very different, like the um, versus a celebrity who was a part of a much larger, one would call much more negatively viewed crisis. Um, there are a few that I can think of in recent memory where I'm sure no one would want to have any hands near uh, whatever ex, you know, poorly behaved, um, or potentially criminal, uh, celebrities, individuals, they would not want them anywhere near that property. And it just makes me wonder with Tom, I'm like, okay, is the reason that you're going because they gave you some sort of influencer club? Like, did they reach out and say, um, we're going to invite you if you post that you were here or simply tag us at some point later on? I know that might sound odd to people because, of the amount of um, frustration and negativity that has been aimed at Tom since the scandal all came out, but it's actually not that surprising, or, or it's least, at least is not surprising to me in any way that a place like Miraval could potentially reach out. Who knows if they did? Um, but the idea of like a wink and a nod that maybe VPR talent involved in the scandal all is staying there, while I do question Miraval being the ones to state that first. Um, I would not be terribly surprised if either they offered to stay to Tom as a gift or said, you're welcome to stay here and would love if you could like do a location tag at some point during. It is somewhat surprising to me that Miraval would take to their social first, but I don't think it is as black and white as what um, Sandoval himself is stating on social media. What a big surprise. Um, And speaking of potentially surprising (laughs) things on social, I do just have to reference a video of Louis, as in Louis of Louis and Tree, that has been circulating uh, that I watched and was like the first time and was like, what the fuck is this shit? It's Louie in a car speaking to someone on the phone. He it looks like, you know, he his hair looks longer. It's like kind of pulled back. It looks like this is a video that was not done recently, but a couple years ago where he's referencing losing half a billion dollars. He's crying to the camera. He's saying um, uh, that so and however, whatever loved one he's speaking to, um, that he has like no feeling over losing half a billion dollars and all the things that they have done for him. And also Rulala, the e-commerce company, was maybe named as a wink at him that he was somehow involved in the creation of the company Rulala and that his last name which I actually don't even know if I'm gonna if I'm saying this correctly but Ruelis because I'm so used to just saying Louis but that Ruelis there's a direct correlation between the name Rulala this company that I don't know he has literally any connection to except that he's 
telling this person he's speaking to on the phone um, in this video that he sent that it was named after him, I guess. And like, isn't that funny? It is a very strange video. I would argue it's a stranger video than like the beach video. And after I posted it, um, I heard from someone that it's in fact a video from a couple years ago, not surprising, that part, but that it wasn't something he had like posted to social, but potentially a video he had sent to an ex. Now, why this video is coming out three days before the Jersey reunion is scheduled to film is a conversation that I'm sure someone is going to be referencing on the reunion if this video comes up. I think it might, but it is so terribly niche at this point. And my guess is the narrative that has been used prior around like the beach stuff of like, this was an ex out for revenge and yada yada trying to somehow um, question the dynamics of his relationship with Teresa and it's because they still love him or whatever else um, had been said prior or somehow Marge is to blame. Um, you know, I don't know why, what would be in this person's uh, arsenal according to how I assume Teresa and Louie will uh, respond to this at the reunion if it if it does come up. But I don't love that it's a private video that's being distributed, but it is also a very, very strange thing to see. His behavior is, it, it does seem um, dot, 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 a little manipulative, a little emotionally manipulative, not entirely based in truth. I know several creators are looking up like rule la corporate history right now to see if there is, in fact, any kind of relationship between Louis and the company. I don't know where half a billion dollars comes from, let alone a loss. Uh, Louis's math skills are um, fascinating to me. They do seem to be uh, positioned as a little bit of a creative artistic representation versus, you know, like a calculation from a thing you would use in math. Um, but God bless, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, man. They're already married. She's married to him. I don't know if Teresa's ever going to meet the Louis that some of us are getting to know on social. You could say it's a Louis from his past. Maybe he's changed. Maybe these are just isolated moments. Um, but I'm not feeling great about it. It did feel a little weird to watch. And um, I am curious, honestly, to see if it'll come out at the reunion. I assume the reason it was put out here this week was to ensure that that might happen. Um, as on the other side of this, uh, you know, Louie and Teresa's text messages and Joe and Melissa's responses, which were put out by um, a content creator or content creators relatively recently during this season, were put out to maybe show a difference or a difference in behavior that's not necessarily seen on episodes. Although even those text messages, which I know we did, I think we did like AG theater and yeah, we definitely did in like reenacting them and in sharing and reading them. Um, 
I do wonder to myself because of this goddamn pizza oven, which I cannot stop thinking about. But I wonder to myself, like, what was the timing of the pizza oven falling apart and those texts about we want to have a new beginning, come to Teresa's surprise birthday party, except she's working on the invitation list and everything else. And like Joe and Melissa being like, I think we're good. We're going to tap out. And a lot of people having a lot of critique over that. Like, why aren't you, you say that you want to continue this relationship. Why aren't you all in? I wonder about the pizza oven timing of that. Because if Joe, certainly especially with the dynamics of that business deal, felt betrayed, I would assume he would not be like super into the idea of going on a destination birthday trip with people, including, I would think, especially Louie. I wonder about that timing. I wonder if we'll get into that at the reunion. Guys, I thought this was going to be a smaller little mini episode. And guess what didn't happen? That. So (laughs) thanks for being with me on this journey. I did want to give the Howie interview some time. And because there's just so much going on in the Bravo sphere, um, what a time in which to deep dive it a little bit. Uh, I'm really excited about the next episode of AG. I think you're going to enjoy it. And I do have, as I referenced on the last episode, some exciting news coming out um, this week. So hopefully you're following me on social at Dame Galley. Obviously, I will be discussing it on AG Classic as well. In addition to the Andy Scrolls Patreon, the number one way to support the pod, you get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more at patreon.com slash Andy Scrolls. I'm going to be recording a Satchel Spectacular this week, Satchels of Gold, our listener thoughts and feels, questions and concerns about all things Housewives, Vanderpump Rules, Scandaval, Bravo TV, etc., whatnot, um, and more. So message me your Satchels of Gold, your thoughts and feels about something potentially discussed on AG or not. You can slide into my DMs on Instagram at Dame Galley or shoot me a message over Patreon, patreon.com slash Scrolls, or email me a thesis. I love, love, love receiving long form satchels. And you can do that by emailing AG at show at gmail.com. Again, that email is andyscrollshow at gmail.com. Email me, send me chapters, send me an index. Let me know your thoughts on all of this, especially if you have a perspective that you feel like hasn't been representative in conversation um, so far. I'd love to hear it. And the Patreon is the place where we really deep dive into your reactions as well as moments that haven't been discussed or even examining things a little bit more um, with the space that we have on Patreon to do so. So let me know your thoughts and feels. Thanks for being on this solo journey, a solo with the dame. My goodness, what a Tuesday. (laughs) And thanks to all of you for listening. Again, I'm really excited about the episode to come, so I hope you enjoy it. And episode 40-whatever. Check that off the list. Don't even know what the number is. And we're early days into the 400s. All right, guys, let me know your thoughts and feels, and I'll chat later. Bye-bye.